Well, hi and welcome along to the Three From Home podcast. It is Derby Day. Of course, we're talking all things Epsom as ever in the company of Kate Tracy and Frankie Foster. How are we, ladies and gents? Oh, very good. Thank you, Ed. Very well, thanks, Ed. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, uh, Frankie, last time we spoke to you, you were in Savile Row getting all your um, sartorial needs sorted. Have you got your outfits for both days? Ticks in the boxes? Uh, just about some last minute adjustments yesterday. I had an absolute nightmare. Um, never, right. never order suits online, especially <laughs> if you order a 32 instead of a 42 and it comes looking like a little boy's oh, <laughs> jacket. No. <laughs> um, but no, luckily I had a, a swift trip into Central yesterday and I'm all sorted. So. Fantastic. Be looking at a million dollars, no doubt, uh, on, on course of both days of, uh, of Epsom. That will be wonderful. We're recording this on Friday morning, just for information purposes. So if anything does go, do lally in regards to this uh, coming out and the actual derby taking place itself. That is why, uh, Kate, with you, you might be, there's a, there's a kind of a, how should we say, we're pricing up about eight to one chance you actually make it into the uh, into Epsom on Saturday. Yeah, I'll give myself a better chance. I'll give myself sixes at worst Ooh, at the minute okay. to, to actually go there tomorrow. Yeah, it's kind of all sort of been... Last minute changes, seeing if it's feasible. But hopefully, hopefully, if all of the stars align for me, then then I might actually be there tomorrow. So, yeah, I need to sort out a last minute outfit, though, so I could do have a few hours notice, really, if I actually end up going. It's not that easy. It's not that easy to piece together a Derby outfit <laughs> in the space of a few hours. Well, my Derby outfit's going to involve uh, sitting on my sofa after, um, after <laughs> my, my neighbour's Jubilee Paella party. So, um, yeah, oh, that's, lovely. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's how I could I could wear what I like tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, yes. on to the action. Um, <laughs> we, we're going to go through the card um, and we'll come to the Derby later on. Of course, um, I, I hope you both have a wonderful time. It should be absolutely excellent. Right, we'll kick off with the two o'clock, the Kazoo Handicap. Uh, we have the 15 runners due to go to post. Right, Kate, can you unravel this one for us? Mr. Big Stuff and Blue Trail, your five to one joint market leaders. Yeah, really tricky race this. Really, really tricky. I was between when I ran my trends, it showed up three horses to side with, which didn't obviously narrow it down initially with those three being Mr. Big Stuff, Warhorse and Knowlton Cross then. So three sections. I mean, to be fair, all three of those are pretty fair prices. So I might even just back all three. But sort of when really narrowing down the trends then further, I couldn't then split Mr. Big Stuff and Warhorse here. Mm. I'd say if I had to, you know, gun to my head, I had to had to make a decision potentially then Warhorse as a main consideration on the back of his win last time out because it's proven profitable to side with a horse who comes into this race on the back of a win. Warhorse won that most recent outing after being held up before keeping on strongly over the 10 furlong trip. And that was where he overturned the re-opposing Knowlton Cross in second, who was ridden far more prominently and had every chance on that basis. But he has that extra stamina to boot. Then we know Warhorse, his draw may not be ideal in 10, but he's likely to then slot in, take a lead. You want to be taking a lead in this race historically. And he should then hopefully have enough room to be produced down the centre of a track to mount his challenge. So, yeah, Wars, but I'm also having to include Mr. Big Stuff as well then for the Richard Spencer right. yard. I'm slightly fearful he's going to be ridden too far forwards, but I hope that because he's in stall 13, that Tyler Hud might just elect to slot him in then as well. And coming into this race from running in the London Gold Cup, handicap on your uh, most recent outing is a huge positive, and he actually ran very well in that, was unlucky where he didn't get a clear run. So 
I think he could be marked up for that. Five pound claim off his back as well. Then I thought Mr. Big Stuff had every chance. But if I had to had to just choose Warhorse because of that price dictating. Warhorse. Seven. Oh no, eight to one. There is eight to one floating around for the sun. Off, see the stars of the Marco Botti team. Uh, Frank, are you been a big fan of the, the boys of blue? Blue trail for you, or are you looking elsewhere? Um, <clears throat> well, if I was to give two, blue trail would be one of them. Yeah. Um, I think what's most attractive about the favourite here is just only going up one pound for last time out and looked a little mm. bit one pace, maybe finishishing over a mile, and that extra two furlongs yeah, here could suit. Um, and I do think just just a, just a small rise, only a pound up for a fair enough run, I think is quite attractive. But on a bit of a better price, sweeping Archie Watson, Holly Doyle, a combo that don't often get it wrong, um, near the top of the weight, so it does have to defy a <clears throat> fairly heavy weight here. But a couple of good runs in listed races, which many of these horses don't have those credentials to their name. And after a decent run on the all-weather, could look set up for this, but does have to get past nine stone five. Yeah, sweeping 12 to 1 poke there. Cheat pieces on for the first time. Definitely one to take note of. But uh, yeah, I'd probably be with Blue Trail here. I, I agree with you, Frankie. I think the step up to 10 furlongs uh, is what is needed. A real eye catcher run last time out in a pretty hot race where just looked a bit outpaced before staying on over a mile in the closing stages. Uh, on to the 235. This is the Princess Elizabeth Stakes course. Phillies and Mayor's action. Group three contest on your cards. 10 going to post. Right, I've got... Potter Pover in here, who's been one of the, the cliff horses of the century for me. But I think she's got very little excuses here. Trip should be fine. Ground should be fine. She looked unbelievable when she won it. I know it was a red car maiden back in the day. But, um, I mean, remember Danny Tudhope jumping off that day. And he couldn't believe what he just uh, sat on. I think it's fair to say. She's been highly tried since. Obviously, she went to the coronation stake straight after that. Um, found that kind of level understandably far too much for her. But uh, I just think this extended mile here, Ryan Moore, in the saddle now. Uh, there are no excuses. So Potter Pover for me. Uh, Frankie, you can lead off here. Who are you with? Yeah, I think you're either trying to decipher the Bashkarova Mrs. Fitzherbert battle or yeah. you're looking elsewhere like you have. For me, I think maybe there's a bit of, you know, William Haggis, Tom Markland, Shively Park colours playing the market here. And Bashkarova is too short for me, in my opinion, considering last time out, Mrs. Fitzherbert won well enough had a bit of trouble in running. It was both of their first time out um, the season, so there's no kind of arguments for the favourite improving more so than Mrs Fitzherbert might. And I'm willing to say that that form will hold up. And at right. the prices, I'd probably stick um, with Huey Morrison's Mrs Fitzherbert each way. Right, six to one, Mrs Fitzherbert, the selection of Frankie Foster in the 235. Right, Kate, over to you. Yeah, I'm with uh, Bashkarova to overturn oh. that form. I really was. I was toying. I was completely toying between the pair of them here. But uh, but I'm going to chance that she's she's capable of reversing that. Because I just really like this filly. I think she should have plenty more to come as a four-year-old as well. Of course, she began her, her racing career only as a three-year-old, winning her first three. And just really improving at a rate of knots in that time from August onwards last season. Before she then signed off with a lesser run, went up to trip into a listed race on soft ground at the back end of last season in November, but I can just easily draw on a line through that. And that reappearance that last time out was very satisfactory where she finished second at Goodwood, back in a listed race. As Frankie said, she was half a length behind the reopposing Mrs. Fitzherbert, who probably is a fair price now considering mm. that sort of just chancing on the horse to actually win this race price then regardless, it, it would probably be Bashkarova because she was only run down late 
steps up in grade again here, but I just thought there should be far more to come from her. The yard in absolutely flying form than themselves. And yeah, mm. and for all that you can say that Mrs. Fitz Herbert, you know, she had to switch out then and mount her challenge, but the attitude that Vashkarova showed within that, I thought she was pretty unlucky just to get Colin near the line. Really not much between the pair of them at all, mm. but uh, just the improvement that Vashkarova showed last season, I'm expecting her to be the one to continue to go on progressing. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's interesting looking at the market. Five to two, Vashkarova. Seven to two, Potapova. Sixes, Mrs. Foots Herbert. I kind of thought they'd all more or less the three of them would be a similar price. There seems to be yeah. a. I'm surprised Mrs. Fitzherbert is probably as big as she is now. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm starting to talk myself out of my own selection. Anyway, before <laughs> I do so, on to the 310, the Diamond Stakes Group 3 action on your cards here. Over the extended mile, six go to post. Uh, modern news, but slightly uneasy in the market. I think it's fair to say. I'm surprised to see this horse odds against now. 11 to 10 across the board for the combination of Will Buick and Charlie Appleby. Kate, uh, is this a straightforward assignment for modern news in your view? I don't think he should probably be as short as he is, really, right. in the context okay. of this race. I think he is pretty short. I know that um, that all bar two of these have to find with him on official ratings, and of course he comes here in solid form. But that, that win last time out at Windsor, I mean, it was an absolute gimme of a listed race for him to win. He should have won it in the style that he did, and he's a really likeable progressive impressive type yeah. then but i mean even his win at newbury for all that it was a big runner field in that handicap you know sort of rogue bear i think he is a bit of a rogue and then migration in there in second sort of yes he had shown previous good form last summer but again it was just sort of modern news has come out as the best horse in these races for a reason really and i just wonder if that price is a bit short now for him okay. so I, i'm going to take him on with the second horse in the betting here with muta sarbeck because yeah. this lad has posted two really good runs on his two starts back so far this season, winning at first kind of condition stakes where he held the very consistent and useful 104 rated symbolize in second yeah. and the 103 rated Ross Collin back in third. And it was just a really likable bit of place in which he was able to capitalize off of. And then last time out up into the group two bet three, six, five mile, he split the two fillies there of lights on an alcohol free finishing yeah. second beating just the neck and he only just failed to win that after he was waiting for room and then he ran on well when in the clear so he can be marked up for that if anything so mm. he's actually down in grade here into a group three should have yeah, plenty of favor yeah, yeah yards yeah. going well and he just has the best form for me in this race I don't know what it is now. I'm, I'm getting worried now. I was all over modern news now. I'm, I'm, I'm panicking <laughs> on this one as well. Like, absolutely. It's interesting no to way. say that. Don't, don't, no, no, don't no, be influenced. It's interesting what you should say in regards to both modern news and um, Mr. Sarbeck. They're both quite quirky types, probably modern news even more so. They both wear the hood down to post, don't they? That mm. would be that if I'm just going to play devil's advocate with modern news, would be the slight worry, uh, Jubilee weekend and some yeah. raucous crowd you know kate tracy's spilling a diet lemonade <laughs> you know frankie's everywhere. Being, yeah security are pulling frankie back and then there's modern news <laughs> trying to go down to post absolutely lit up again in a in a sweaty lava that would be something to at a serious point would be something to bear in mind just keep your eyes on modern news out mm. who has in the london gold cup uh was quite free going to post with the headgear on but uh as yet it hasn't had a detrimental effect on what's been happening in regards to on the track. Uh, Frankie, for you? I'm in the same camp as Kate here. Uh, I couldn't believe that Modern News opened up odds on around 8 to 11. Mm, um, right. Yet to show any group form. I know it's won well last time. As Kate said, that listed race wasn't anything to write home about. Before yeah. that, won a handicap um, well. But again, it's just, just 
doesn't have the form to warrant being so short, in my right. opinion. I may, may well get proven wrong, but I'd be willing to side with Mutasabe for the same reasons as Kate, really. Um, yeah. that, eight, that eight out of nine at Goodwood on, on paper looks poor, but if you watch the race, that really wasn't a bad run at all in the group race. And then this season looks to have taken another step forward. The seven furlongs at Thirsk was a nice opener and then a very yeah. solid um, second at Sandown over the mile, as Kate said, unlucky not to win that race. Yeah. So, Based off the form and the prices, I think Mutasabek is definitely the bet. Mutasabek, three yeah. to one. I'm going to stick to modern music. If I fancy modern music at eight to 11, I've got to go in again at 11. To <laughs> 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 Absolutely. I, I will not be short shot, Ted. That's my, my job for today. But yeah. <laughs> short shot, Ted. So, in, 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 in essence, we think it's between the market leaders here. No real upsets on the cards. Right. Well, on to the dash. Onto the dash now, 3.45. This is absolute carnage. I can never work this race <laughs> out. So, yeah, in the words of Duncan Ballantyne, Amu, I'm, I'm leaving this one to you two. Uh, right, Kate, 20 runners, one of the fastest five furlongs in the world. Mm -hmm. More importantly, who wins? Oh, I know. I love this. Only, only fast horses need a fly to this one. This is the fastest of the fast then here. Cannot wait for this. And it is fascinating running the trends for this race because... The, it's, such factors as age haven't really lent themselves to any biases but horses ideally you want them rated around 82 or 83 they have a good record in this race and this year's renewal looked weaker than previous years running so that is probably more so accurate than before then ideally hydra is favored but at the same time you can't dismiss those drawn very very low because they mm. often get the clear passage to run at in this race because yeah. obviously any, any sort of deviation off of a true line in this race can prove hugely costly because uh, you cannot waste even a split second in this race but coming into this race well conditioned is a positive minimum of three runs a horse doesn't have to have run well last time out and a quick turnaround though is optimal so when I ran all of this the horse that I came down on is a uh, is a 18 to 1 chance there in midwinster who mm. runs for the Paul Midgley yard who do so well with their sprinters as we know this yard they won this race in 2018 with Tanisok, who came into this contest with a similar profile as Midwinster, came into the race on the back of a win, also with a quick turnaround of 10 days. Midwinster has just got a seven-day turnaround. The Midgley Yard are going great guns at the minute, 37% strike rate. I, I'd ideally like Midwinster to be drawn higher. She's kind of in no man's land, really, and still mm. 13. But at least Graham Lee will have his options independent on ground and exactly how it's going to turn up. But had the ideal amount of races this season. She should come here sharp, therefore. And she was a winner last time out of a 0-95 handicap over five furlongs. She was just really suited by a return to five there. She was a comfortable winner. So she's capable of defying the five-pound rise. So, yeah, the yard know what it takes to win this race. So I'm hoping that will prove the case for Midwinster again. Midwinster. Right, I'm looking through the prices here. Yeah, it's 20 to 1 generally oh, floating yeah. around Midwinster. Nice each way. Juicy play there from Kate. Frankie, have you got a selection in this one? I'm going with one of the brothers. I think it's a cracking story here. Living the dream um, near the top of the market and whose yep. older brother live in the moment a bit further down, both owned by the same owners and trained by Adam West um, down mm -hmm. in Epsom. It's, they're going to have a cracking day out. And living the dream at the top of the market is the one um, that I fancy. I, we talk about distance a lot. Typically when you're stepping up in trip and the further horses go but something about five furlongs that I mm. really like to see a horse that is proven at five rather than hanging around six because it's just that little bit sharp you've got to break well the horse has got to be mm. sharp and you've got to be 
a real five furlong sprinter in my opinion and, and living the dream is that and has transformed into that this year um, will be on the hat trick and each time seems to be looking better and better and dealing with the rise in the weights and they've even chucked on a claimer to take off three so effectively only four pounds higher for last time out of Chester and what was a, a pretty hot performance in, in a decent five furlong race there so living the dream would be mine here Living the dream, something that Frankie is doing on a daily basis, I think it's fair to say. Um, That's your selection at, uh, was it, about seven to one? This is pretty yeah. pretty tight market, I think it's fair to say. Right, I'm with. I'm going to go with last year's winner here. Uh, Mokatil yes. for Ian Williams is five pounds higher. The old Ian has booked the very young and talented Harry Davis, who claims five pounds uh, to mm. negate that. And I actually thought was... Arguably, uh, it would have been an unlucky loser this last year. That's uh, your hostage for fortune in some respects if you come from off the pace. But to say, we met a bit of trouble in running and in the end, won quite convincingly at the line, I thought, 12 months ago. So 10 to 1 will do do for me for a repeat performance. I do like uh, course of distance form, especially at Epsom. A quirky old track, I think it's fair to say. Right, on to the big one. 4.30, uh, the Kazoo Derby, of course, this year run in memory of Lester Piggott, uh, who sadly passed away last weekend at the age of 86. That's a lovely fitting tribute to probably the greatest jockey of all time. Uh, who's going to be the greatest horse in this contest? Well, Desert Crown heads your market at 7-4. to four. Uh, Aidan O'Brien's Stone Age, 4-1 to one second favourite, also from the same yard, changing of guard at 8. Nation's Pride at 8. Pizbadil. Uh, for Donica O'Brien has the services of Frankie DeTori, a double-figure price. We're then 16s bar. Right, Kate Tracy, Desert Crown. Mm. Made a lot of people sit up and take notes on debut in Nottingham. Uh, then went to the, the Dante. And everyone was like, oh, there's only one in Nottingham maiden. It, it drifted quite a bit on the day. Did it go to about 72 or 4 to 1? And then wiped the floor with the field in the Dante. So Michael Stout was there. Chest puffed out, giving it the big do you know I am again. Absolutely wonderful to see, <laughs> uh, up on the Knavesmire. But right, we've got Desert Crown now, a seven to four poke to win the derby. Uh, big day for Sir Michael, big day for the horse and a big day for uh, Richard Kingscote, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, that's it. And I'm so glad that Richard Kingscote is staying on this lad as well. But um, yeah, it's fascinating, really, because this year's derby, we've had so many twists and turns leading up to it. The Antipost favourite then Luxembourg was obviously uh, uh, scratched at an earlier stage then and sort of the market was really trying to fish around to find any sort of solidity to the race as it very often does season after season so as soon as all these whispers started about Desert Crown then prior to Adante and you could sort of see that his price absolutely plummeted then for the derby and plenty of people uh, very interested therefore and and then we were sort of just waiting to see okay then right you've won your Nottingham Maiden let's see what you can actually do then straight into a group two on your reappearance starts at the in the Dante and he did he was ultra impressive you know the way I know that he drifted then slightly to his right and that's been a bit of a concern for people I'm not overly concerned about that to be honest anyway we know what York's like and then Epsom in itself uh, is just a very different test and uh, and I'm not overly concerned I think that was just greenness and idling as much as anything else but I I do wonder about this year's Dante it's not it didn't look a very strong race we know that El Bedigan magisterial they both disappointed them within that um and I'm just not entirely sure it's really that fantastic a race that takes nothing away from the actual performance the winning performance of Desert Crown but yeah I think that he has been 
thrown in there at the head of a market because of all the whispers, because of all the hearsay, because Sir Michael Stout has got that twinkle in his eye about this horse. And he may well be an absolute freak. Do I still want to side with him as favourite when Stone Age has also had plenty, plenty said about him then on the back of his two wins so far this season? It's I think it's a more open race than people are really suggesting here. And if Desert Crown goes and hoses up and mm. proves to be this freak of a talented horse, then so be it. But for me, I'd rather look down the market for my each way play here. Okay. Something that might have just been overlooked or forgotten about. And that's lovely Star of India. I really, really mm. like this lad here because you, what you want in this year's Derby is a horse that stays, that will keep finding few, keep finding few, plenty of pace on then in this year's race, it looks like. And Star of India, yes, he's one of three Aidan O'Brien horses and seemingly the least popular in the market, but he's just as genuine as they come. He's only had the three career starts. He's won two of those. And he was rather underwhelming on his reappearance start in the Craven behind Native Trail, but he just got into a pace battle on the front end. And he anyway, they ended up finishing last and second last. But last time out at Chester in the D6, I love the attitude. He's as laid back mm. as you could imagine. He's going to give Jamie Heffernan the best ride ever because he'll be able to settle him and he will just keep grinding it out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for me, star of India to stay all day at an each way price. Yeah, I think that's a good point you make. I actually would, um, I could see that individual ending up in the ledger at the back end of the yeah. campaign. Looks an out and out stare. Yeah, interesting yeah. points about Desert Crown there. He was seven to four market leader, Frankie. Yeah, there is one school of thought saying there are a lot of horses in here who've achieved very similar in the sense that they've only had the one or two starts. You're totally guessing as to, you know, what improvement there is to come. And someone did throw this stat at me. I can't remember who it was and I can't give credit to it. There's not a group one winner in the derby. There's not a group one winner lining up in the derby, neither at two or done anything at three. So that kind of does add the fuel to the fire. That Desert Crown two starts look brilliant, but there are other horses in here who've only had the, a couple of starts and who haven't yet had the chance to show what they can do. So, Frankie, are you with the Desert Crown to continue the winning thread? Or do you think there's some unexposed gem in here lurking at around 20 to 1? It's tricky, isn't it? Um, Sir Michael Stout's comments have probably, or rightly so, got people excited about this horse. And as Kate said, he may well be right, but that does kind of ruin the price. And he is short at 7 to 4 in a very competitive derby. It's, it's one of those in the most on-the-fence answer where you say he probably will win, but I couldn't back it at seven to four. I, I, as a for a bet, I would be looking for value rather than yeah. signing with a okay. favourite. Um, and mine would be another Aidan O'Brien horse again, not the one that Ryan Moore's chosen, the one at the top of the market, mm. not not Gate Star of India, but the one in the middle, <laughs> changing of the guard. Right. Um, I thought this horse was very, very visually impressive when winning at Chester. Um, I do always seem to hold a bit of bias when you see a horse winning the flesh. I was at Chester that day, but maybe adding to that was Aidan O'Brien himself wasn't there, but connections were there and they were quite excited about this horse in the paddock beforehand, even knowing that they were going up the 4 to 11 on New London, who was pretty talked up, especially around kind of the start of the season around Newmarket. And they went into that race quite confident and he absolutely put New, New London to bed. And I think everyone's very quick to say, or maybe something was amiss that day, or maybe he's not the horse we thought he was, New London. But changing the cut of the guard could just have been too good. And, you know, I, I'd be willing to give him a chance here at around seven to one. Right. We've got the, the Ballydoyle flags out in force between Kate and Frankie. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. So, uh, Frankie, changing of the guard, your selection, yeah, eight to one, best price on the high street there, uh, with Wayne Lorden taking the ride 
on the Galileo Colt, has the cheap pieces on for the first time. Star of India, of course, the other Galileo Colt is Kate Selection, Jamie Heffernan on board, uh, that individual. Uh, I think we were looking around decent prices there, 16 to 1. Uh, we've bet 365 and William Hill. So definitely some value to be had there. I, I'm time heading nuts over this race. I really want Desert Crown. I don't know why, but just to go out there and absolutely obliterate them. I think it'd be brilliant. And yeah. it's, a, it's a huge step up for Richard Kingsco. Let's put it bluntly. You know, he's, he seems a very, Kate, you might know him better than, I don't really know him at all. I've only spoke to him a couple of times in, in working capacity, but he seems the kind of individual who's not going to get too high when things are going brilliant, and he's not going to get too down in the dumps when things are going bad. He seems mm-hmm. quite level-headed. Nonetheless, he's got to be feeling the heat under the collar here, packed enclosures on a Derby favourite. You know, to put it bluntly, this is a world of difference from riding some Tom Daskam handicappers around uh, Haydock. Yeah. I mean, it, this is serious stuff. Uh, I mean, Kate, any just finally, any quick insight on Richard Kingsco? I mean, do you think it'd just be another race for him, or do you think, you know, he will be feeling the jingles? Yeah, I, I don't know him at all. Uh, like right. I say, only, only from interviews and everything then as well. But yeah. like I say, that's the impression that I've got as well, is that he just seems a very level-headed. He speaks very well. And, and yeah, he's sort of not one where he puts himself out into the limelight. This it won't be about him as such from from what I, as I say, I gather from his personality yeah. anyway. And yeah. and yeah, he just seems like the kind of customer you want on your horse for all that this is going to be the biggest stage of all then for him. But in terms of temperament of, of him, from what we know, he just seems like the coolest customer where, he, yeah, he's the kind of person you would want under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I re- yeah, really hope we put in a good performance from Desert Ground. be great to see. Uh, but in its way, excuse me, I'm trying to just uh, breakfast on the fly here. I'm trying, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get my cross on down me, but um, it's one of those days. But um, looking elsewhere, I, I think obviously Godolphin, I've got quite a strong hand in this in terms of they've got some really exciting unexposed sorts. You've got Nahani arriving here on a four-timer, who, how should we say, is the spare ride for Adam Kirby, for one of a better phrase. With Nation's Pride, of course, has been supplemented for the race, arriving here on a five-timer, Will Buick and Charlie Appleby. And then there's Walk of Stars. Let's not forget James Doyle for Charlie Appleby. Uh, this horse was set off favourite to win the Lingfield Derby trial, uh, finished runner-up to United Nations, but before that, look progressive. Um, out of those, Kate, uh, can you make a case for any of them? I, I think Walker Stars might be a little bit overlooked here, personally. I, I just think it um, wasn't all that bad a run at Lingfield last time out. I, I thought it was 16 to 1 Poco. Is there anything else in here? I mean, we've got a huge field, 17 runners. Mm. Is there anything you just think of perhaps, uh, you know, punters have, could latch on to for a bit of each way value? Yeah, I think, honestly, at a huge price there, Masakela has the form to be ah. featuring in this because... When you look back at his form, the fact he only finished a short head behind Native Trail in the superlative stakes last yeah. year in the Group 2 in July. I mean, that form is surely some of the most standout then within this. And I know he still has to prove himself over this far himself. But um, uh, if his pedigree, there is plenty of reasons for optimism that he is going to say that. I mean, he's down one over a mile four herself in a group three so and his second last time out behind Eden who I was fancying for this race before as soon as Roger Berrien no sooner had he said that the horse was running that he then picked up an injury which meant he would have run but Masakela he was well yeah he was well beaten behind him in the field and stakes last time out but that was his reappearance start I still think that that form is pretty likable anyway and he's just sort of a horse that's been very much forgotten about in this so yeah, Masakela definitely has the form to be featuring here at a, at a big price of those in behind. Brilliant. 
not a forlorn hope at 66 to 1. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say. Right. So mm -hmm. just to confirm, uh, as your main selections uh, for Kate, for you, would be start of India. Each way. Frankie. <laughs> each way. Each way. Each way. Get it in each way. Uh, Frankie, changing of the guard for Frankie. Horse number one on your cards. Who's got Win only. Each way also. Each way. <laughs> Stall 16 of 17. I'm, uh, yeah, again, I, I don't know what I want. I'm ruling heart and hair to get in the right old mess here. But um, essentially, I'm, I'm going to have two small each way plays in here. Um, I'm with. Uh, the horse who was runner-up at Linkfield, Walk of Stars for James Dorr. And I've also used, I think, totally forgotten about in here, West Wind Blows for Jack Mitchell and the Christopher team. Just looks a relentless galloper. Again, had the two starts, two wins. Could be totally out of his depth in this company, but ran his rivals ragged over 10 furlongs at Nottingham last time out. And I just wondered, going up to 12 furlongs here, this horse could easily run well in each way price. But all in all, it's a terrific race, the Derby, one we really look forward to in the calendar. And of course, this year, it's running memory of Leicester Piggott. So it should be a special occasion. Uh, Frankie will be there to witness it. Maybe Kate as well. We, we yeah. shall find out. Um, just very quickly before we go, uh, anything from the final two races, Kate, you've got a, got a fancy? Oh, uh, I do like Solent Gateway in the 515. Then it's uh, hopefully you can just add to his very good course record. Obviously, one at a on this meeting at this meeting last year at a big price. That was a bit of a surprise. Had the two starts so far for Hugo Palmer, and he ran well over this course and distance. Finished third on his stable debut, where he was undone by a pace bias uh, there, and then. Um, and then last time out, he was just too keen. It was too far for him at Chester in the Chester Cup. So back over this course and distance off the same mark. Harry Davis over this five pound claim should suit him. And then Comanche Falls, dear old Comanche Falls in the 550. Ah. I absolutely love this horse so much. And we know his good record fresh, which sort of might slightly put you off him backing up his good run last time out at Doncaster. But last year, he proved that he could hold his form very well. He's well up to this standard. So yeah, I thought that. Comanche Falls was still fairly treated there in the final race at Epsom on Saturday. Comanche Falls, yeah, Michael Dodson, Connor Beasley. Uh, look out for that individual 13 to 2. Uh, thank you, Kate. Frankie, anything for you in the finale? So are you getting your limo home or something? <laughs> there'll be no limo home that's for sure um, may, may, maybe Midnight's Legacy Alan, Alan mm. King and William Boom. Buick teaming up again one last year the same duo and I think maybe Alan King's tactically kept this horse away from flat racing on the turf to keep that mark down he only yeah. is looking now 92 last year 95 this year three pounds up um Seems to be a good. I know that hurdling form doesn't exactly translate, but has put his best RPRs in over hurdles. There's nothing wrong in the all weather, hasn't run on the turf, yeah. but as I said, that's probably kept his mark where Alan King wants it to be. So, Midnight's Legacy to go yeah. again, I'd say. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you there. Yeah, the entire Midnight's Legacy, the five year old entire Will Buick Alan King won it well last year. We're taking on Kate so to get away there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Midnight's Legacy will do for me. Thank you very much, uh, ladies and gents. Now, before we go, uh, we know what's happening. We, we've got your derby selections, but on the rest of the card, I've got to force you to the rest of the card. I need your, your three from home nap for Epsom on Saturday. Right, Kate Tracy, you can have first dibs. This will be just how this one goes. Where <laughs> are we going? I feel like Frankie's going to be cursing me then for going first again here, but I'm going right. to go for Muta Sarvek in the 310 at Epsom ah. to take on Modern News. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Muta Sarvek for Kate in the 310 in the Diamond Stakes. Yeah, uh, three to one best price for Kate's selection there. And Frankie, go on then. What have we got? Well, 
Yes, Kate is right. Um, cursing. <laughs> Given that there's not much else I'm more in favour of or less than any of my selections, we'll have a bit of fun. And in the dash, I will go live in the dream. Living, hey, I like that. Living the dream in the dash, seven to one, Pope. Uh, I'm actually with the horse you flagged up earlier, Frankie. I can weigh in with Midnight's Legacy, 13 mm. to two in the 515. Worth touch upon. Alan King, unbelievable trainer, really. Uh, his yard are flying again. They're operating near a 40% strike rate. I <laughs> saw an interview of him on Montelli yesterday talking about his summer jumpers. And then in between the interview, he's talking about what he might have for Royal Ascot and what he's got on Derby Day. I mean, <laughs> he, he doesn't show any signs of uh, slowing down. I, I, I don't think you'd hate me if I said in the veteran stage of his training career, but he's um, he's been around a while in regards to having a training licence. And yeah, the Alan King team continue to roll on. My thanks, of course, to Kate and to Frank, if you're in, but enjoy your weekends, you two. I hope you get it there. Uh, get to the course, Kate, because it should be a, a spectacular mm. day. Uh, no doubt Frankie will be basking in the sunshine and, and the glory of all his selections coming in. And my thanks to you uh, for, for listening in at home as well. Uh, whatever you do, have a bet on. If you like our selections, get in touch. Let us know on social media. Uh, what are the good things at Epsom on Derby Day? And if you do like to have a bet, of course, please do gamble responsibly. Thanks once again for listening. We won't be back next week. We're back on the 13th mm-hmm. of June, where we will be doing a Royal Ascot special. Until then, bye for now and have fun. Mm-hmm.